Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. Today, I am very happy to announce that the special guest is Alex, or Al, which we say in this conversation. He is one of the vocalists from the band Ascent Like Wolves, hailing from Pennsylvania. Ascent Like Wolves just had their brand new album, Frigid Future, come out in 2016 through We Are Triumphant. And it is a killer album, so you need to check that out. To give you a taste of the album, before going into the conversation with Al, I'm going to play Hands of Porcelain, which the band also has a music video out for. So without further ado, here's Hands of Porcelain off of Frigid Future. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with Al from the band Ascent Like Wolves. Al, how are you doing today? Good, dog. How are you doing? (laughs) Not too bad. 
Is it uh, as dreary there where you are compared to where I am right now? Uh, where are you from? So doing the show out of Boston right now, are you in Reading, PA, or are you traveling around right now? Uh, that's kind of where our band is uh, located centrally, mm-hmm. but I am in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so it's, it's very close, and yeah, it's been raining all day here. It's been miserable. <laughs> exactly. And I got to ask <laughs> you a question. So the reason why I'm laughing about that, you know, is because I actually lived in Lancaster before in a previous ah. life. How do you like it there? Ah, I think I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm not... I'm not like originally from the area, but I kind of grew up going to the canoeing club and um, just some of the areas around it, like Park City Mall and whatnot. Oh, uh, sure. So, so, so for me, I was just like I've always been like a visitor of the city and never actually lived here up until uh, last year. Oh, okay. Where did you live before then? You said Reading before, and I know that's kind of where the band is from. Where did you start? Um, I started in a town called Bethel, Pennsylvania. Oh, sure. Which is mm-hmm. Near, yeah, near Interstate 78, and um, our, our guitar player, Jeff, he's from a small town called Verisburg. Yes, um, all right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I don't know if any of the audience yeah. will know it, but I know it. <laughs> probably, probably not. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, kind, it's kind of weird how we just came out of the middle of nowhere to form a metal band because um, our, our school district had Take Your Tractor to School Day. <laughs> and I know that to be true, too, so. Yeah. We're going to talk about everything here, but that's pretty much a good place to start. Normally, we come around to that in the conversation anyways, but how did you start in music? How did you get everyone together to form Ascent Like Wolves? <clears throat> well, uh, let's see. Dating back to uh, a long-ass time ago. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I, I mean, I first I first started getting in, in like interested into like heavier music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, more, more like, more like punk stuff when I was 12 and, uh, I, I had a classical guitar at that time and then I switched over to like, um, just a regular, uh, Fender Squ- uh, Squire guitar. And, um, so yeah, I, I pretty much did like the punk, punk rock thing for a while. And, um, I was never really into that much of metal growing up actually. Okay. But uh, for, for for some reason, I just started listening to it a lot more because of the people I was hanging around with, and um, ev- eventually we just decided, me and Jeff decided to form a something like Wolves over talking about uh, just making like ridiculous breakdowns in, in <laughs> study hall during like our senior year of high school. Sure. Yeah. So with, so with that, uh, we just kind of gathered like other members from the school. Uh, including Jeff's twin brother Jared, but he he's no longer in, he hasn't been in the band like for I mean like years, but right. uh, pretty pretty much just people that we knew in the area since there isn't that many people <laughs> uh, in in the metal scene in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania. Right, right. So Ascent Like Wolves is actually your very first band then? Um, nope. Ascent okay. Like Wolves is my second band. Was it was <laughs> my, the first one? Heart. More that punk rock? Yeah, my my first band was more like punk rock, pop punk, and um, it's it's kind of interesting because we we did we did do it for like a couple of years, but I, I was still in like high school the whole time, and we <laughs> we didn't really make like good good music. It was terrible, but <laughs> the the recording qualities were were half decent. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just terrible. And I actually I actually started. Uh, Another band after that called uh, Turtle Tea Party. Okay. And 
and uh, we had, like me and uh, my friend Corey actually we still write music for it like to this day we just haven't uh, we just haven't put a full release out but we've been, we've been working on it for a couple of years and uh, we just kind of took time to to rebrand it I guess you could say mm-hmm. and um, we just kind of deleted all of our presence off of social media right <laughs> now but uh, ho- hopefully hopefully one day this year we can we can upload it uh, a few years ago we played a show with. I set my friends on fire with Turtle Tea Party. Oh, okay. Like that type of style, or is it something different? Uh, it's it, it's more like uh, it's more like mathcore, like just like um, like grindcore, just, cr- just kind of like crazy metal. Nice. Okay. So maybe yeah. something in the future, though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. We we have, we have made we have like five songs we've been working on for a while, but we've been really uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for here. We've been really dedicated to getting a guest vocalist from uh, a well-known band on each on each different song. Oh, okay. So, so it's it, so it's taking a while for us, but uh, we we draw influence from bands like Heavy Heavy Low Low and uh, the Number Twelve Looks Like You. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Nice. Well, what were your influences for the pop punk type style band that you were talking about? Uh, I guess like mainly. Mainly, mainly like uh, Blink One Eighty Two and uh, you know like Green Day and Some Forty One stuff like that. Okay. Our, our 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 drummer at the time in that band was more into like uh, you know Dead Kennedys and Misfits and stuff like that. So you liked the production, but you didn't like what the music actually was. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like the production was half decent. and it still still could have been better, but it was kind of like the first time I ever made like a half-decent recording that wasn't on Audacity on, on sure. my Windows. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, okay. So then, you got together for Ascent Like Wolves. What were your influences for that band then when you got everyone together to form that lineup? Uh, let's see, for Ascent Like Wolves, we that that, that band we formed in, um, we formed the band in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I think more of like the later metal metalcore music I, I was listening to, like, um, let's see, but, but before that, I wasn't really into metal per se is that much, sure. but, uh, I started listening to Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. um, Attack Attack was a really big band for me when they first came out with, uh, Austin Carlisle on vocals. Sure. Um, like for, for, for me, it just, it just sounded like a game changer in general because it just wasn't what I was used to hearing in metal with, with all the synth and whatnot. Um, but I, I would say... Influences would be those bands. Uh, our guitar player Jeff, I know he was listening to a lot of like earlier metalcore, like As I Lay Dying and um, like Trivium and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, can't can't really can't really think. I I, I kind of draw more influences from like bands like Taking Back Sunday and Funeral for a Friend. I'm, oh. I'm more of like the melody, clean clean singing aspect in the band. No, absolutely. Actually. I'm very happy that you brought up Funeral for a Friend because they'll always be my favorite all-time band. So that's awesome to hear someone talk about it. Yeah, because I also, I'm a big fan of your clean vocals. So it's really cool to hear that you... Oh yeah, absolutely. It's cool to hear that influence. So when did you start kind of deciding that clean vocals was the direction that you wanted to go to, even though you started with an instrument? Um, I think, I think I just, well, for guitar, I just picked it up on my own and, uh, I, I taught myself through tabs mm-hmm. and I just kind of never really expanded on my playing ability other than, you know, like power chords and whatnot. I mean, you know, like later is like what, um, 
went on. I I, I have, but um, not 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 by not by too much. And I just I just thought that I I really sucked at playing guitar compared <laughs> to most people and my and my friends. So um, I, I'm going to leave that one up to the, the professionals. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, that's that's awesome that uh, somebody else listens to funeral for a friend besides me and my brother because people don't even know who the fuck they are. And I I fucking love that band. It's, it's a real tragedy that they broke up last year and yep. they didn't even come to America. <laughs> no, I was very sad. And actually, we should talk about that a little bit because I also don't get to talk to uh, fans. Oh yeah, let's let's do, it. let's do it. So I'll tell you, I actually followed them to England for a show once as well. That's how much. That band like changed my life when I heard them that first time. When was the first time uh-huh. that you heard them? What's your and I know it's tough to pick favorites and everything, but is there a standout <laughs> that really changed things for you? Yeah, um, uh, me, me and my brother used to live in England, and one day we were watching Kerrang! the TV channel yep. over there, mm-hmm. music TV channel. Um, we saw uh, we saw the song Juno come on, uh, and sure. <laughs> we were just like. We were just like, holy shit, this band, this band is awesome, and just it just seemed something really fresh at the time, and uh, I, I just I just love that band. No, absolutely, I understand. And actually, that's a question right there. I also lived in England. Uh, where did you wow. live when you were there? Yeah, what the fuck, man? This is just getting a little weird. I know, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Where'd you live? My parents were Air Force, so I'm an Air Force brat. So we moved all over the place. I lived down in a small village called Shefford. I was going to ask you this too. I don't know if you follow sports at all from, you know, being in England or not, but I was a Liverpool fan since I was like 3 years Dude, old. Me too. No, me way. Too. come on, man. I'm this Liverpool, is Liverpool, baby. <laughs> <laughs> LFC, my friend. This is vastly sure. becoming my favorite interview ever. <laughs> yeah, I just I just got a new jersey for Christmas actually. Oh, very nice. Did you get um, anyone on the back? No, it's just kind of like the standard uh what is it? Standard and Charter? Jersey? Yeah, Standard Charter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You're doing the best thing because you never know, you know, who's going to leave next and then who's, you know, doing well but isn't going to do well soon enough. So, you did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh I mean, it was it was more of a gift to to my end, but I I prefer those I prefer those types of shirts or jerseys better. So, did you live in Liverpool? I lived um, in like the Merseyside area in a town called Runcorn. Okay. Are you familiar at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What were you guys doing over there? Um, pr- pretty much my parents got divorced and my mom um, met somebody over there like like on the internet. This is a crazy oh, story. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like this was back in like like 1998 or 9 when, when it was like unheard of to do that shit. Yeah, very true. So, like you're taking you're taking like a real big chance there. But yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean he turned out to be a pretty cool guy, and he was, he's actually from Scotland, uh, but he lived um, he lived in Runcorn. And, okay. Uh, long story short, my like whole family back home pretty much like uh, blacklisted me, my mom, and my brother. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> for a while, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, definitely an interesting experience, and we we lived there for seven years. Oh wow. Okay. So you even you even beat me because I think I was there for three or four. I want to say somewhere around okay. there. So did you get any other musical influences from being there at all? Um, do you know of a band called Busted? I do not. Okay, they're like um, I guess they would be like pop punk. Okay. Kind of, but they're they're from 
the early 2000s era. But more importantly, um, the, the band Fight Star, which is formed yes. after that. I don't know. If, yes, yeah, that, I, I definitely know Fight Star. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Funeral for yeah. a Friend love them as well? Yeah, they're friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the ones that got me into it. So, yeah, I, I totally get you. Hell yeah. Charlie Simpson, who does vocals in that band, mm-hmm. he was in that band Busted, and they were they sold out like Wembley Arena two nights in a row or something on their last tour before he left that band. That's crazy. That's pretty nuts. And then he just like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to start a metal band. Let's, let's see how it goes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. That's, oh, that's pretty funny, man. So Liverpool fan who loves Funeral for a Friend, who's in a great band yourself, you've got it all, man. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, dude, because I never got to see Funeral for a Friend play live. Oh, I, I really, no I really way. wanted to go to their tour last year, Last Chance to Dance. Yep. Um, but I, I, was, I, was on, I was on tour that weekend, and we ended up canceling that the, like both of our shows on the weekend because it snowed really heavily over uh, here in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just... It just and and yeah, lo- another long story short, it bums me the fuck out. I can certainly imagine. I actually had tickets to go over there as well for both Manchester dates when they were gonna, you know, they were oh gonna do. God. But here's my bad story for that too. That's so, where I wanted. I wanted to go to the Manchester one too. Yeah, it made sense, right? I mean, my whole plan was yeah. I was gonna go watch Liverpool play that weekend and then just you know hop on down because what thirty miles away or so. Yeah. Yeah, and then. My oh. company, where I was going to travel, they canceled the trip. So then I wasn't able to go. So now I just have the lonely ticket that I kept just as a souvenir. But yeah, I'm I'm very very sad about that as well. Ah, man, you know, like bringing this bringing this up just like makes me <laughs> makes me hate myself because <laughs> I, I have I have uh, casually dressed on like the limited edition vinyl that they put out a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, for the the 10 year anniversary and um i kind of i kind of didn't listen to them for a while and I, I got back into them really really heavily and i was like okay yeah they're gonna come over here so i missed the tour that they did with fight star over here in like 2007 yep. that was like that then in medina lake and uh, oh yeah, yeah another band but the last time they ever played here was in 2009 and it's just depressing because they were on atlantic records for a while yep i think i saw them three times I did look. I did not mean yeah. to rub it in. That was not a, yeah. <laughs> was not a rub it in statement. Well, I, swear. I hope, I hope, I hope they, you know, come back with like another show or sometime in the future and play. Or even if, even if Matt Davies does some sort of acoustic show or something and he plays a couple songs, I'd be happy. You know. Me too. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. I reached out to their people to try and see, like, hey, can I just do a retrospective show? And I'll just talk about how awesome they are and, you know, people can come in and talk a little bit. They were like, they are not doing anything music related. Damn. No. After the show's over, I'll have to send you a picture of the gold record that they engraved to me when they did that charity event. Oh, really? Yeah. I have one of their casually dressed gold records. Oh, my God. Everyone comes <laughs> in my place and they're like, they, they look at it, they're like, what the fuck is that? No one knows the band. I'm just like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, sorry. Long, long sidetrack. Yeah, yeah. I think we got a little crazy. I did want to ask you 
for A Scent Like Wolves based on, since you have had on your previous record, and the story goes, you had Franz and you had Ricky on from This is the Apocalypse. If you had a dream person to do a guest vocalist, would it be Funeral for a Friend then? Yeah, that that would be that would be awesome. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to it. Let's just let's just say that. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I actually did reach out to him to to do vocals on Bridges Future. Oh, really? Yeah, and I got no reply. Ah. Uh. So, um, it was between it was like him and we 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 wanted him um, and uh, uh, Brandon from Counterparts. Oh, and, sure. Um, they both they both didn't didn't get back to us on it. Uh, but we we were going to get uh hero from this band called fact in japan all right and he he said he said yes but we just had like scheduling conflicts because he was on tour at the time so it was, it was like right before he was about to go on this tour and we just wanted to uh be done with the song and just just call it a day with the with the song and just wrap it up we, we spent we spent a long time working on the album do you just go ahead and kind of reach out to whoever you want, like how did the whole Franz and Ricky thing happen? Uh, well, Ricky, we have played shows with uh, Toto before. Sure. And uh, we just we sort of just became friends. Actually, the first time we played with them was like it was like right after New Year's uh, in 2012. I, I distinctly remember this too. And I couldn't I couldn't play. It was like it's the only show I've never played in a set like Wolves for. Uh, because I had mono, so oh. I couldn't literally do anything. Right, and it, and I I got it like a day before that that show that we had with them. <clears throat> so uh, my my brother actually filled in for me on vocals for the whole night, and that was the first time we ever even had him do any sort of vocals for our band. Like he, he's always been involved, but he he hasn't ever like been in it 100 percent the whole time. I think I think that was the first time he was. 100 percent in our in our band because we just moved him to keyboards and uh programming and we, we had like a couple of 808 pads and other other things we had him doing on stage mm-hmm. for a while but oh, wow. then we uh eventually moved him up front to vocals right okay but about the but about the going back to the ricky thing though uh, yeah we just started playing more shows with them and we became friends and uh, he also lives pretty close to me right now, too. So I, I go over and kick it with him every once in a while. Oh, that's cool. How and about Franz? I believe, yeah, I think, I think Franz kind of sent like an open-ended question on Twitter or something like that. Like, hey, I'm about to um, go on vacation. Like, I, have a, I have like a few spare or free days uh, here in, in the studio. You know, does anybody want me to track vocals for him? And I think... I think he did vocals for us and another band at that time. He was living in uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. So that's how that pretty much came about, and we just started talking to him. And uh, yeah, he he was actually like really really professional about it too. And he emailed us lyrics like right afterwards in like forty eight hours oh, wow. or twenty four hours, and then he had the whole thing tracked in in less than two days, and it was done. Oh, that's awesome. Well, now are you a fan of Attila in general? I'm a fan of Attila before About That Life came out. Ah, okay, gotcha. So this this was kind of this was kind of like at the height of out of Outlawed, which mm. is which is a good CD in my opinion. Sure. But uh, yeah, kinda, everything after that with Attila, I just 
couldn't couldn't really get into as much as I could with Rage and Outlawed. Understood. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I know it's very hit or miss with a lot of the stuff. I know the co-host on the weekly music show is not a fan, so I have a yeah. I have a soundboard of Franz that I like <laughs> to use on him. So uh oh, <laughs> it's it's all fun. Yeah, yeah. People always ask me like, oh, you uh, you have. Uh... You've got Franz on your uh, last CD, and I'm like, it was before about that life came out, and they're like, oh, they're like, oh, okay, all right, just like no, like oh, okay, and I'm not, I'm not hating on that band or, no. or him in general or anything. It's just, um, just just what I just what I specifically prefer. No, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this because I've been extremely impressed with Frigid Future. I was lucky enough to have someone who listens to the show pointed out to me, it is an amazingly great album. So really congratulations. Absolutely. Uh, that, that really means a lot, man. We're, we're all, we're all humbled by uh, our experiences in the past. And uh, to get to this point, it's been a, it's been an uphill battle and shout out to my boy, Rick Emery on Twitter. Yep. who uh, <laughs> Sent you uh, that album your way. So whenever yeah, we're, we're all good. Whenever I need a new band, as long as they're from Pennsylvania, Rick has got me covered. Oh, uh, yeah. He is so good at that. I think he knows every single metalcore band, metal band, whatever rock band coming out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's funny because he, he lives in Virginia. Yeah, he just must hate Virginia. <laughs> I think the last time we saw Rick was when we were on tour last summer, we had a couple of days where we stayed in Ocean City, Maryland, and then we had a show in Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, which was close to more DC area the next sure. day, I think. So we stayed over at his house the one night, and uh, it's, it's it's always always good seeing Rick Emery. He's a he's a true homie. He's uh, been following us for a while, and uh, we're very grateful to have him in our lives. Let's just say that. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Let me ask you about the touring. Because I know you've been doing a lot of that. You have an upcoming tour. You also did China and a little bit of Japan recently, too? Yep. We just uh, got back about um, maybe like a month ago from Japan and China. And that was <laughs> that was pretty wild. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I definitely have to ask you about that. What was your most interesting <laughs> part of that, of that trip? That you can tell, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People have uh, phrased the question that way uh, <laughs> a few times now. Like, what was the what was the best part about that tour? Well, the one the part the parts that you can tell. <laughs> I just assume like, that there oh. are many drunken stories, and that's why I always ask it that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, I think I, I I don't know, man. I mean, just the the, the non the non drunken ones are are pretty hysterical too. I mean, I can, I can really go into detail if you want me to about, uh, like our first full day in China. If you want me, look, that's one of the places I've never traveled before. And I know for a band that tours in the United States a lot and then goes over there, it's gotta be a culture shock, right? Dude, that was the biggest culture shock I've ever had in my life, man. <laughs> well, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go in detail. <laughs> when we, uh, well, first of all, it, it was just, it was just like an, an exhausting day to begin with. Um, well, it, this is before our first full day. So it was, it was like the night, the night before and kind of like the day before we, we left Tokyo and, um, 
every flight that we took on this tour, we had a layover flight as, as well. So okay. we flew from Tokyo to Shanghai. And then when we got to Shanghai, our flight was delayed for some reason. And it, uh, but they never really gave us a reason why. So we just kind of waited around the airport for a while and like slept. And um, a few, I think it was maybe like three or four hours later, it was it it finally arrived and we took off to Hong Kong. Oh, okay. And uh, with people listening who aren't familiar really with Hong Kong, uh, it's more 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 or less like a uh, territory of China of China. So uh, they have their own currency and um, laws. Mm, okay. So yeah, so and Hong Kong is like beautiful as hell. When we when we landed, um, well our our like our first rule is don't get separated. Right. <laughs> and and in pretty much in that area of the world it seems like there's there's so many people so when the planes land they're not really like, connected to the terminal at all. Mm-hmm. And we walked out down uh the steps from the plane and there was a bus there and uh Corey, Nick, Ryan no, Corey, Nick, Kyle and myself, we get on this bus and there's two seats left and behind me is our drummer Cody and our bass player Ryan. And, um, they just stopped them from coming on the bus. They're like, no, no, no. And I'm just like waving them on like, yeah, there's two seats on here. Come on guys. Right. Come on. <laughs> and then the bus just fucking peels off and I'm in like the very back too. <laughs> and the look on their faces was just like priceless. Like they were, they were, they were just like pissed and like shocked, and every, we were all just like flipping them off, like as we were driving away <laughs> to the airport. And uh, it took them a really long time to catch up to us. It took them like an hour, and we were kind of worried about it because we we had no idea. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so we did that, and then um, we had to go through customs in Hong Kong, and our first show was. I can't remember where it was. I think it was some somewhere, maybe like Shenzhen, China. I, mean, I don't know, but it was it was close enough to Hong Kong where we could just get like the train or the bus. Oh sure. And we went through those customs, and our tour manager is just like, "Hey, my name is Stan. Uh, I'm your I'm your boss. You listen to me. Like, don't do anything stupid. The first the first rule of China is that there are no fucking rules in China, and we're just <laughs> like right then and there, we're just like, oh no." <laughs> So anyway, after that, we had to we had to take a bus to um, go through immigration and stuff to enter mainland China. Mm-hmm. So mainland China is different from Hong Kong and Macau because you can't fucking use like any social media, like American or like any social media that's not Chinese. Right. Uh, the, the the government the government blocks it. Right. So right right then and there, that that just like killed us. Yeah. For the whole time we were there, and. Uh, yeah, di- di- different currencies. Well, so when we were in Hong Kong, we didn't have any Hong Kong dollars, but uh, we did. We did manage to get some people managed to get Chinese yuan before getting there. But we took the bus to enter mainland China, and uh, like our tour manager Stan just like takes off. He's like, "All right, I'll meet you guys on the other side." And we're like, "Okay," <laughs> and <clears throat> we go through, and like we 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 were not we were not prepared for that at all. Like it took us like an hour and a half to get through customs and. Um, it just it just seemed a lot more difficult than any other place that we've been. I guess just mainly because it's China. <laughs> For I think, sure, I think they're a little bit more skeptical of Americans. And um, when I was passing through, 
uh, immigration and customs, they, they were just staring at my face and my passport for like a solid five minutes because I have blonde hair right now and uh, it's not like that on my passport. Ah, gotcha. So uh, once we got through there, we took like the craziest drive that we've ever had ever. <laughs> we, we, were, we were separated in two cars and there's six lanes of traffic in China or, or possibly even more than that. And everybody's just weaving in and out of each other, beeping their horns very, like very sporadically. Right. While, while there's people driving by on, on scooters with mattresses strapped to their heads and <laughs> gotcha. stuff like that. And uh, I think I think that was that was like culture shock number two right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the first just entering the country in general, but that, that was crazy. But eventually we got back to our hotel and the next day we had to take the train. And th- this is where this is where my actual story begins. There you go. So our guitar <laughs> player, Kyle, after after we found some McDonald's in the train, um, <laughs> at the train station area, we were so happy, right? <laughs> because we've, we've at this point we've just been eating like noodles and rice and sushi for a week and a half, and you know it's McDonald's. He's he, he's just like, oh man, I, I have to uh, I have to go to the bathroom really bad, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and we're like, all right, yeah, man, like we'll we'll, we'll be here. We'll wait for you. So he goes. He comes back and he just sits down. He's like, I, I just, I just have to process this, guys. Like, I, I just need to sit down for a while and not talk to anybody. <laughs> and we're like, okay. And then, like later on, we were like, well, what happened? He's like, yeah. So he went to the bathroom, and um, for any, for anybody who doesn't know, in, in China, the toilets are kind of just like, just in the ground. Like, there's a porcelain bowl in the ground. Right. It's just like the, been... the hole is there, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And uh, you you have to be flexible enough to to squat down and and do your business. And uh, he said, as soon as he opened the, the the stall door, there was just like toilet paper, like like dirty toilet paper all over the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it, he said it was just like a, a mess in there. But then he 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 had really had to go, so he didn't have a choice. And um, he he took a squat and. Uh, People were banging at the door trying to get in, and he realized there was no lock on the door. So this was all while he's like squatting, and he didn't even like get to do anything yet. And they're trying to like come in, and he's he's pushing them out with his hand, oh. keeping the door locked. <laughs> and then uh, after he's done doing his business, he looks over, and there's like no toilet paper around at all. Oh, so. Geez. So he's he's in an, an emergency situation right now, and he he said he was even desperate enough to to take this used napkin out of out of the trash can that was dirty. But then he said he dropped it right away because it was too disgusting. Oh man! So so long story short, he <laughs> took off his shoe and used one of his socks and <laughs> <laughs> and left his socks behind. And uh, throughout the tour, like we we would just come up to each other and we'd be like, well. I just lost a sock and you would just know like automatically like what we were talking about. Cause that, cause most, most bathrooms in China, they don't have toilet paper in, but, um, you know, it was just funny. Like, Oh man, I, uh, yep. How do you use one of my socks? Uh, Oh jeez. That was, that was some, that was some quick thinking there. Yeah. But we, we started to get, um, more smart as the tour went on. We started saving toilet paper from our hotel and whatnot. Right. Um, but, it's it's kind of crazy because their sewage system can't handle toilet paper, and I think that's one of the reasons why they don't really provide it um, in in public places. Right, um, right, right. I but mean, in, but in most in most hotels, though, their the toilets are 
westernized and they they have sewage in the cities okay that makes more sense now but you might have saved some people for sure if anyone's planning on going over to china yeah if you're you're going over to china you got to bring toilet paper with you (laughs) there you go i said it i said it here said it here first yeah there you go yeah it's it's crazy they they just they just kind of throw it in the trash can too because uh public places can't handle (laughs) sewage can't handle the toilet paper which is i mean this this whole story is like kind of nasty but uh, it just kind of like opened our eyes to like day one of, of China. And we were like, wow, I don't like this is kind of like we're not used to this at all. This is kind of crazy. Right. How long but, were you um, there for? We were in, we were in China. I think we were in China for like 10 or 11 days. Okay. And we played we played eight shows there. Oh, that's good. I think. Yeah. yeah we played eight shows, which is longer than, than the Japan tour. And um, at, at like the first couple of days, we, we had like a just a bad, just a bad few days. And, but, but we ended up real, really liking the tour and, uh, the, sh- the shows were incredible. They, they, they really surprised us. I'll say that. Yeah. Any big differences between, you know, playing for an American crowd compared to playing to a Chinese crowd? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's crazy because people actually want to come out to shows in China, I guess, oh. <laughs> maybe because they have nothing to do or like U S bands don't really come around that often. Interesting. But, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy because we, we had a couple of days that were sold out. Like, when we got there, we were just like, what the fuck? Like, nice. this, is cra- this is crazy. <laughs> uh, do you know the band Sienna Skies? Yeah. I was talking to Josh on the show before, and he had just come back from a Japanese tour, and he had said that one of the biggest differences that he saw was that it's almost like the crowd is silent throughout most of the song, if not all the song, and then when it's over and you acknowledge that the song's over, then everyone cheers. Did you see anything like that when you were over there? Uh, in Japan or China? Well, I'd say Japan, because I'm not going to assume that China's the same, but are there any differences there either, too? Yeah, I think I think in China, uh, that that was more of the case. Like, people were like, yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, like, like, afterwards and stuff. And uh, those people in China that we encountered, uh, y- younger kids, could speak English pretty well, sure. And um, even there, there was quite a few American and British people there as well. Like uh, I think most of the occupation for people coming from overseas there to be to be an English teacher. Mm-hmm. So we we had a lot a lot of younger kids come out, and um, it, it was interesting. I guess you know because they they were telling me that it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Like everybody works all the time there, so they'll come out like no matter what day pretty much. Ah, uh, sure. And uh the thing that's the thing that is uh, customary in China is that everybody just kind of leaves after the show. Oh, that's just okay. what they do. It's like it's just part of the culture. They they just like leave right away. So, oh, so no hanging out with the bands better. afterwards. <laughs> yeah, not really. So I started like I started getting better with that every night because I I noticed that and our tour manager was kind of explaining that to us and um so, some some of the some of the fans did too. I was like, yeah, we're going to be hanging out. I made it to a point to say we're going to be hanging out, you know, after after we're done playing, signing CDs, taking photos, just hanging out with you, getting a beer. And, uh, and every night more and more, it seemed like more people were uh, sticking around to hang out with us and, and buying merch. Oh, okay. Uh, which, is, which is awesome. In Japan, it uh, seemed like a lot of people actually knew our, our songs, which was cool, and uh, we're singing along to them. Yeah. You had filmed one of your videos there too, right? Or at least that one that you've been promoting too. Uh, yeah, we, we made like a, we made like a clip mm-hmm. and then after that, our friend Taka that I kind of, 
started talking to over Twitter. He showed up on our first day there, and, and we were just like, wow, man, uh, like, I, like originally we wanted to do this video, but just after travel expenses and whatnot, we, we, we just didn't have that much money, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if we can really pay you to do, like, a full video. So, um, you know, like, if you're if you just want to do this for fun, you know, it's like, that's like on you. Just, just like a, it was just like a clip or something he wanted to make sure. for two shows because his, his own band was playing with us on one of the days on the weekend. And, uh, he's like, nah, it's okay. Like I'll do this for free. And as soon as we saw him make a clip of the first night of, of the, of the show, we were just like, holy shit. Like we have to, we have to pay this guy. Gotcha. So the first three nights that we, uh, got paid we just gave all of our money directly to him oh, because because he, he, we, we knew it was going to be awesome and then um he ended up coming to every show that we played and he actually ended up coming on tour with us then and, and filmed a, an entire music video for us and yeah he, he's 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 an incredible guy and he was actually driving our van for most of the tour oh, too, wow. which is which is which is funny because it wasn't supposed to be like that but uh yeah, it's, it's just it's just crazy. Like some of the things we we've encountered and people that we've encountered over there. Oh, that's cool. I also <clears throat> saw you had a picture out front of a huge Gundam statue as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man! That was well. Okay, here's another story for you. So when we we flew out of uh, Newark, New Jersey, and <laughs> it was a direct flight to Beijing, China, and that was our layover. But we we were going to Japan first, so. It was a 16-hour or 13-hour flight wow. to Beijing, and as soon as we got there, our our said our other plane already had board was boarding like while while we landed, and uh, we were just like, "Holy fuck! <laughs> I I hope yeah, I hope well, we can still get on this plane." And I think we just looked like a bunch of dumb Americans running around in the <laughs> airport, and it was the first time any of us like really traveled internationally, like for a while you know what i mean like sure. i haven't i haven't done it in years and um i think me and nick are the only people who've ever traveled overseas before gotcha so, so when we got there we just kind of like forgot what we what we needed to do and um i guess we were just kind of it, it was a, it was a rough flight i'll just say that so we ended up sprinting through the airport uh about half an hour later and there's just this bus waiting outside of the terminal pretty much just for us and a couple of other people and as soon as we got on there, the doors closed, and it took us to the plane to get on to uh, to go to Tokyo. So, and and while I was in the airport too, in, in China, like I said, you can't really go on Facebook or anything like that. Right. Um, but I just ended up randomly getting signal, and it was from the guy at our label, Greg, and all it said was earthquake in Japan like 7.2, whatever the magnitude wow. was. And that's the only message I saw the whole time I was at the airport because we had to run through it and we couldn't even go on our phones or anything. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so we're on this plane and we were just like, oh my God, like, is this tour going to be canceled? This is, this is crazy. <laughs> right. As soon as we got to the airport and we went through, uh, well, we went through like the, the arrival parts of the baggage claim, they lost all of our luggage except oh. our instruments. <laughs> Jeez. So it's funny because when we took that picture at the Gundam statue the next day, we were just defeated because we had none of our luggage. Right now, did you we ever just, get it back? We, we were just, yeah, we did. Okay. The same, the same day, like like 15 minutes after we took that photo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just funny because we're all just wearing like our fucking uh, track pants and our sweaty t-shirts <laughs> from the airplane rides. It's crazy. 
Yeah, which must have been fun to begin with, anyway. Since yeah, like you said, thirteen yeah. hours or whatever. So, as well. Yeah, so we we all we all smelled like shit, and yep. you know we were just, we were just waiting to change. <laughs> but it, it it really took a damper on like our first day there because that's when we were going to do all of our sightseeing too, and we had to just wait until uh, going to the airport, and we even we missed sound check the first day too because of it. But um, a- after we got our luggage back, we were we were all in a really good mood. So. Oh, that's good. Japan, Japan was the the best tour ever by far. Oh, that's awesome to hear. That's that's great. Are you guys just based on the Gundam statue? Obviously, you could take a picture in front of it because it was massive. But are you an anime comic book fan? Like, was going to Japan also something that was interesting because of other interests that you have? Yeah, absolutely. That's like um, probably the first country I've ever thought about. Like like visiting because I wanted to and uh I, I I love anime and uh Japanese metal. Oh sure. Um so 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 for me that was like a hundred percent dream come true and to go there to play music for the first time, the first time going to Japan as well, just kinda blew my fucking mind. Like I never I never thought I would even be this far in what what I'm doing and I'm just, I'm really grateful. Absolutely. That's great to hear. So you're a fan of Crystal Lake? Yep. Yeah, actually, uh, their bass player, Bitaku, has a band called Sailing Before the Wind, and they were touring with us over there, too. Oh, very nice. How was that? How? So, uh, they're fucking crazy live. Yeah. <laughs> so, so much energy. They're, pro- they're probably one of the best live bands that I've, I've probably like ever seen. And uh, the one thing I can say about Japan is that Every local band there blows every band, like every other country, like even countries I probably haven't even been to, blows their local bands out of the water. Wow. It just, uh, it just seems everybody's overly rehearsed and um, it's, very, it's very serious about what they're doing. Interesting. I don't know. I, huh? just, I, I, just, I, feel, I feel a little bit of confidence saying that, even though I've never seen really like English local bands in the metal scene and stuff, but... Um, you can you, you just you just feel the vibes from it, man. It's it's crazy. Everybody could have been a headliner like every day that we played. Wow! So definitely, if people are going to Japan, also go check out the local music scene while you're there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much like going to see a national show. All right, that's that's good to know. So I did want to go back to something yeah. real quick. What are some of your favorite animes that you're watching now? Um. Actually, I just kind of, I never saw Dragon Ball all the way through, like the first one. Oh, sure. So, so I started watching Dragon Ball, and I can't really remember what I finished recently. I finished, uh, trying to think. I'm just going to list some ones that I finished last year, like Soul Eater, okay. uh, Death Note, you yeah. know, like more like classic ones, Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, man. <laughs> Well, there's probably, a, I'm assuming there's a lot then. So, just so many, yeah. <laughs> well, I do love uh, Death Note, and I'm personally, right now, I'm looking forward to Attack on Titan Season 2. Yeah, it's funny, because they don't, they don't have, uh, they don't have the, the English, <laughs> the English, uh, they only have, like, English subtitles on Hulu and Netflix. They don't even have the, the, the dub versions on there at right. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, I guess Cartoon uh, Network only gets that, right? Yeah, and I, yeah, I guess so. And they just didn't—I guess they just didn't update it now yet, or something. And it's crazy because they haven't even put out a season two and and at all yet, have they? No, I don't think so. They said they were taking a long time in between because they didn't want to do any filler episodes. Huh. 
That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I would say, like, probably the best thing I watched last year to do with anime was probably the the new Neon Genesis movie. Oh, okay. All right. I have not caught that one but, yet. Yeah, Neon Genesis is probably my most favorite anime. Of all time? Of, of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, of all time, yeah. Uh, Garin Logan, Logan, and I don't really know how to pronounce that. That, <laughs> that one is often too. I think for me, it's. Uh, have you ever watched Trigun before? I haven't. No. Trigun, I think, is mine. If you get a chance, it's not that long. There's like a movie that goes along with it, but I think it's. I want to say like I don't know, twenty episodes, maybe. I I might be off on that, but yeah. If you've ever heard of Vasta Stampede, that's from Trigun. That's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, right now I'm watching uh, Tokyo Ghoul as well. I've never seen that. I haven't seen it either, but I have heard of it. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, you know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take me some time to adapt into it. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> sure, that does happen. Well, let me ask you this then. Does this kind of stuff ever kind of make its way into the music that you're writing? Uh, yeah, um, the first... Uh, we, we did... We, did like a bunch of demos before we did Anna Story Goes, mm-hmm. and um, we made we made an EP of maybe like six or seven songs. I think it was seven that um, we we made like a limited release for of twenty. Yeah, we pressed like no, actually we hand we handmade twenty uh, CDs for it actually. Oh, okay. And um, we played an acoustic. An acoustic show in Hot Topic in in Reading. Oh wow! Okay. Like this is like the first year we ever formed, and then we 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 sold all of them there. And uh, after that, we made a, like a demo LP of a bunch of song, like newer songs we were writing and stuff. And uh, we were just kind of like getting the vibe of our sound. And we we did we did sell just like some ghetto copies of of that for a while. Sure. And we, we like actually never pressed it and it just kinda like found its way online too. But um like that, that demo was called Holding Hands with Fake Reality and all those songs are about like pop pop culture and whatnot and um one of the one of the video games on there I love, Devil May Cry. Ah, uh, yes. We, we like we wrote like a couple of songs about about that too as well. So yeah, it's it, it, it's it's awesome that we got to go to Japan, and um, I'm grateful that I got to experience it because uh, my love for Japanese <laughs> metalcore and uh, anime, and uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Crystal Lake, Crystal Lake is a band that I would really want to see and tour with. Um, like like I said, our friend Bataku has his actually Sailing Before the Wind is his main band. He's just been filling in on bass in Crystal Lake for a while. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but, I uh, I really were, like True North. Were, yeah, that's a good that's a good CD. Yeah, I, my my personal favorite is the Sign. Sure. Yeah, True North is good though. I just started listening to it uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, but it it came out like a couple of days like right after we left Japan. So I was pretty bummed I couldn't pick up the Japanese copy. No, that would have been when cool. I was there. <laughs> yeah, you should you should definitely check that check out a band called Fact. Okay. Um, How do you spell it? They're they're pretty good. Uh, F A C T. Oh, it's just F A C T. Okay. All right. Yeah, but they they broke up uh, the end of 2015, and they started like two two newer bands called Shadows and Joy Opposite. Okay. And uh, it's pretty much just like the band members split in half for the most part. Interesting. But another another good band is Her Name and Blood. I like that band a lot too. Her Name and Blood. Okay. Are you and, getting uh, these from animes, or are you getting these from when you were over there? Uh, this is just like 
these are just like bands that I've like saw on Facebook before, or, you know, like I've like I've seen online, or I saw like a video on YouTube or something like oh, that. Okay. I never actually like uh, the only band I really kind of um, heard in an anime was Maximum Hormone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like the only one I actually know of. But gotcha. Um, um, do you do you know the band Crossfade? Yeah, I know Crossfade. Yeah, that band's pretty sick. Like I I, I got to chill with them at Warp Tour a couple of years ago, and uh, there's another band from japan that was over here uh last year called cold rain yeah cold we, rain so we, yeah so we like we got to kick it with them and i'm like i'm friends with them now and stuff but nice. the only thing that sucked about japan is like our schedule was so tight we couldn't really like hang out with anybody and um pretty much like everybody was was busy while we were over there uh, i see so yeah i definitely knew cold rain because i went to see them at warp tour and they killed it yeah. so i was very impressed with what they were doing <laughs> yeah they're pretty cool they're pretty cool guys too and like I wasn't really expecting that, but uh, Masato actually uh, is half American, so he he speaks really good English. But the, the other guys, um, I not guess, so much. I guess it would be considered like more like broken English or something. But sure. yeah, they they're uh, they're they're definitely good good guys for sure, and they deserve everything that they have coming their way. It's crazy though, man. Like those, those two bands over in Japan are like what I guess the equivalent of like what Slipknot is here, you know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, I'm hoping that Crystal Lake gets to come over here. I did ask them about that. I got a written interview with them, and yeah, they said they hope to. It's crazy. Tell them to uh, tell them to tour with us at like Wolves, and then we'll. I definitely will. <laughs> we'll go. We'll we'll go on tour with them over here. Uh, Bitaku, who plays bass in that band, he mm-hmm. said that um, they probably will come over here this year. They they were supposed to they were supposed to last year, but it just didn't happen. Right now, for this tour that you have coming up, it's starting in February, right? Yeah. Now, are you also a Rick and Morty fan, <laughs> based on the name of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't really at first. Like uh, Nick Nick kind of got me in, into watching it, and I they they kind of everybody else in my band I think was watching Rick and Morty except for me. Gotcha. And uh, they started talking to the dudes in Forgetting Fame who are also on tour, and they started yep. just joking around about tour names and stuff. And that's kind of just what they came up with. So, like at first, I didn't even know what the hell they were talking about when they <laughs> said "get swifty." Right. But uh, yeah, I, I I've seen like both seasons now, and it's a great show. Yeah, it really is. Rick You're... Sanchez for president. I would love that. <laughs> I would personally love that. That's for sure. <laughs> So, what is your plan for this tour? Do you guys have anything special planned? How do you normally decide on what tracks you're going to play? Was there a difference between when you went overseas and then what you'll be doing now? Uh, I think I think we're only going to play maybe one or two songs, uh, two different new ones that we haven't played before. Okay. Uh, when we went, well, it's it's just been it's just been a, last year was a crazy year just releasing that. Um, CD in general, and we lost our bass player and another guitar player that we had, and uh, our, our bass, our old bass player was in our band for a while, but uh, like our new guitarist wasn't, so like wasn't really a big deal anyway. Sure. But our, our dude, our dude Jeff, who uh, is the primary songwriter in Ascent Like Wolves, mm-hmm. uh, left our band in 2015, and then um, he came back midway through last year and 
Uh, he, he just doesn't tour with us. And then we picked up Ryan on bass, so he's new. So okay. we just had to kind of go slow with uh, learning songs and uh, whatnot because we had, like, all these tours planned out last year. So um, we've only just been starting to practice, like, other, other, other songs off of Frigid Future that we wanted to play. And uh, I think for this tour, we are playing American Winter because a lot of people uh, seem to like that song a lot. It's one and, of my favorites, yep. Yeah, I, I I really I'm trying to convince them to do a video for that song right now. So I hope I really hope that we can do a video for that one. Yeah, that would be cool. What made you decide on Hands of Porcelain for that full length video? Um, it's just like it's just like one of those songs that you hear in the studio and you're just like, yep, that's a single. Like that song, fucking that song slays. Yeah, and it's it's funny when people say they don't listen to their music and whatnot, but you you know they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's like, guys, come on. Like, oh, I don't really like listen to my, I don't jam my own shit. It's like, ah, I, I, I know you do, man. Like, you, you must. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just kind of a song that we that we thought kind of just, like, kills it throughout the whole way, and it's uh, not overly long or anything. It's a perfect single sure. amount of time. And, uh, like, we, we we all really like the breakdown and, and, the, and the chorus in that song. So yeah, like that song and Haunted, like when we first heard those two, we were like, Oh yeah, like those like those are the ones we want to make videos for on this on this album, definitely. Right. But we also like we made one we made one in Japan for a bonus track that's on our Frigid Future C D over there called Inside Out. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't know when we'll release that. And then we also made another video over here at the same time we did Hands of Porcelain. We made a video for Into the Grey and uh we, we wanted to do a video for that song because it just kind of showcases the difference between our last CD and this CD. And we were just way more technical and heavier than we used to be. Yeah, I was going to ask that. How did you kind of decide on that? Because there is a difference between those two albums, as you just said, and I would, I would note the same thing. What was that kind of change in mindset that you guys went through? Was that the loss of members? And what were you kind of going through? That's funny because <clears throat> the only member we lost before that before Frigid Future was our was our previous drummer, mm-hmm. and then we got Cody, and and he he is a really like technical player as well. He's 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 probably he's probably hands down like the best drummer I've seen come out of come out of our area besides like uh, you know like Matt Griner and uh, Adam Gray. Oh sure. Um, yeah. So I mean that's just my opinion. When when I when I watch him play, I'm just like, how the fuck is he doing <laughs> half of these things that he's doing? But we we wanted to. Um, just make like a more of like a transition into heavier type songs, but mm-hmm. still kind of doing the more metalcore thing. But I, I think, I think you know, like Jeff just kind of progressed to as, as a guitarist and um, wanted to be more technical and showcase his playing abilities. And uh, the well, the major themes on Frigid Future are like the talking parts and the spacey guitars. Yep. That's 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 really what we wanted to like introduce on on Frigid Future as a whole. So a- every time we make a release, we kind of have something going on like that where you can you can just straight up tell the difference on each album because we like to write uh music that's different every time instead of coming out with the same album. Sure. Do you have kind of a direction in what you're looking at for the next release that you're going to be doing? Yeah, we're we're actually writing right now and um I don't want to give away my my trade secrets. Sure, sure. But yeah, we have like we have like the same thing, and it's just I, I just gotta like convince those guys like a little bit, like yeah, guys, like let's like let me like do some things like this on here, or, like let's do something like this on on what we're doing next, so we can kind of like 
break away from, uh, well, oh, actually, I, I guess like evolve Rigid Future. And sure. uh, one, of, one of the things that we're doing with, with this uh, new EP that we're working on is it's even heavier than uh, Rigid Future. And it's, it's kind of weird because at first we didn't want to do that, but um, I, I think it might be like one of the last times we really do anything that heavy. So we oh, okay. are taking advantage of it. Are you still going to have that dynamic between the clean and unclean vocals? Um, I think, yeah, I think so on, on this EP because it would be too sudden if we did that. Since sure. like, um, and the story goes, I do 90% of the vocals, like yeah. the screaming and stuff. And, uh, you know, and like the only song Nick did on And the Story Goes was Game Changer. So for him to come out strong in his album on every song, doing all the screaming for the most part, yeah. like he, he does all, he does all the, all the main, um, for screaming so for him to just not do that on our next release we'd come out with i think would just be kind of weird but we're we're like going to introduce a lot more transitions and stuff on this next ep just to kind of break away from the heaviness in general but we're gonna go heavy one last time <laughs> oh i see <laughs> all right but, but we're really but we're really gonna go heavy <laughs> yeah well that's that's interesting to hear what is there the possibility then of you and Nick kind of screaming at different levels, like trying different types of screams, uncleans out, and doing that for the heavier album. Yeah, that's like something we've talked about for a while, and it's it, you know, like the 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 label doesn't really like want us to do that, hmm. which is funny. It's like, oh, well, you guys should just like sing on like all your songs now. I mean, uh, it's funny because uh, we are triumphant is. Is like known for putting out like disgustingly heavy vans and stuff, <laughs> right. uh, but that's like something we had like, taken into consideration as well. Um, but we're not we're not against like either. But uh, on, on Frigid Future, I, I still do screaming on there. I just do like the really low, the really low end ones, mm-hmm. just to kind of complement his his main vocals. Right. <clears throat> but it, it it would be cool to do a lot more screaming on this EP instead of uh, singing. I, I just don't know how people. I, I feel like there would be a lot of good feedback from it, but um, it's just you know it's just like one of those things where people don't really take into metal that well, or like people who don't understand metal are just like, why are you why are you screaming so much? Like I can't get into this, you know. <laughs> sure. Unfortunately, we do hear that a lot. That's true. Yeah. Well, do like, you... oh, I liked when you guys were doing like the more singing stuff, and it's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because if you look at a band like suicide silence that now are saying hey we're going to do more or actually for the first time really have any type of clean vocals and everyone's freaking out about that and then doors came out and then everyone's still freaking out about it because i don't think yeah. a lot of people like that that track yeah I, and and in our situation I, I think it's different because we we've always like included singing on our on our albums right. so uh I feel like people would would respond to it better, but yeah, I felt like the same way when they were kind of doing that. I was like, oh man, maybe this will be maybe this will be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, if they <laughs> like if they started doing singing and then yeah, I was with it until the high falsettos in that track. I I don't know why they <laughs> were put in there. We were talking about that on last week's show. It was very tough to get through. Yeah, it sounded like they were doing some sort of Deftones type. Yeah. Uh, vocals on on that song, which, like a, which is cool, but new metal type uh, thing, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was strange. I, I, I don't know. I don't even <laughs> remember like what their last album sounded like at all. Much heavier. <laughs> but let me ask you this. So for the vocal stuff, do you enjoy doing the clean vocals compared to the unclean vocals? Is there something that you actually enjoy more technically between the two? Uh, I, th- I think I've concentrated a lot on, on um, doing doing the clean vocals now. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of been my primary focus. But uh, like so, like sometimes sometimes I want to I want to revert back to eighteen year old me and just be like I want to fuck up this track and <laughs> do some like really heavy screaming and that it's just kind of like how how I feel lately too and um I did I didn't really feel like that at first like I, like I just kind of wanted to do singing like indefinitely from now on mm-hmm. but um I, I like I would I would love I would love to do more more screaming in the in the studio on on this next release at least but. Um, I, I do, I do right now prefer doing, uh, like clean singing over heavy vocals, but heavy vocals are so fun to do live. Right. Yeah. I'd imagine you're not standing back to it, but you're letting Nick have all that fun <laughs> that you're not getting to yeah. have right before that breakdown. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, th- I feel like the screaming kind of like gives off a, a, like a lot of energy mm-hmm. and, uh, the the other thing that I do like about about Nick doing that as well is uh, I, I it gives me more time to rest. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so so it has made our it has made our our live show a lot better as well. Yeah, that makes total sense. And yeah, do you plan that out kind of before you take the stage? Then you mentioned you're trying to learn and have all these songs down for when you're touring. Is that one of the things that you kind of take notice of? Is when you have to breathe and you kind of go over that with Nick and you guys kind of work off each other? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird because sometimes we don't even talk about it and then like when we just go on stage it just happens organically. I think I think it's just because we're brothers, you know what I mean? Sure. And uh yeah, it's it's weird cuz uh when we when we started when we started the the Asia tour, maybe like the first two nights weren't like weren't like completely spot on like that, but we we just like know our parts so well after touring the whole last year that we we don't even need to talk about it and uh, like, well, like by the time we were like done with tour in China, like we, we, we just had like a perfect routine. It was, it was awesome. But yeah, I, I mean, we, we don't go as hard when we, when we, when we practice before tour just mm-hmm. because, uh, I don't know, it's a, just, just, just seems unnecessary. But yeah, like we, like we, it, we know if like one or the other is out of breath and we kind of like can fill in like immediately on the spot. <laughs> Ah, I see. I mean, that works out very well now, then. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good well, boy. There you go. <laughs> well, Al, I just realized I looked down at the clock, and I think I've taken up a lot of your time. So I just wanted to <laughs> I wanted to thank you again for doing this. I think we got to talk about a lot of great stuff. I mean, come on. You're a Liverpool <laughs> fan and a Funeral <laughs> for a Friend fan. It doesn't get any better yeah, than that. Yeah, man. Fight Star, Anna Shikari, Architects, Tribune Horizon, Yumi at Six. Ah, oh, there you go. Are you going to the Enter Shikari 10th anniversary tour coming up? Yeah, I will be going to the one in Philly. Yep. There you go. Same here. Yeah, the one in Boston. Because yeah, I have to hear Take to the Skies because they yep. never do that stuff anymore. Yep. I, I I totally hear you, man. It's the whole whole reason why I I want to go to that show. I was at uh, I was at. Enter Shikari in Baltimore last year when they were doing like the Minesweep uh, yeah. tour. Mm-hmm. I I took Nick because he uh, 
just graduated college. And that, that's like one interesting thing about our band. Like half of us have college degrees. Right. right. So uh, it's, it's interesting. I don't know how we were able to, to do that while we, while we've been doing this, but uh, we did. And I, I took, I took him and I, I drove so he could drink. Yeah. And when we, when we get there, his fucking license was expired. So they, <laughs> would, they wouldn't let him drink. I was like, I was just like, God damn it, Nick. Like, well, right. Like, why? How, how didn't you know that? That's well, the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably like one of my favorite bands as well. And that, that CD kicks ass. Yeah, it really does. That'll be fun. And they're going out with Being as an Ocean as well. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be sick. All right. So, Al, thank you very much for being on the show. I really love Frigid Future. I'm going to have links in the description of this episode so everyone can get everything Ascent Like Wolves. But for right now, is there anything you can tell people so that they can support you right now? Um, yeah, you can purchase uh, Frigid Future on iTunes and the Victory Merch web store. And you can purchase uh, T-shirts and hats and whatnot off of our own merch store Uh com, and I just want to thank all the listeners and fans for supporting us for a number of years and for giving Frigid Future a try and just jamming it for free, downloading it for free. Um, I think the most important thing that matters is that you guys listen to it and we're all incredibly humble about the whole experience and uh, we pretty much owe everything that we're doing good to our friends, family, and uh, our fans. Very nice. Well, once again, Al, thank you very much. Have a great night. You too, man. Take it easy. Don't forget to send me that uh, Enter Shikari, uh, oh, sorry, that funeral for a friend uh, gold record. Oh, I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk soon. All right, man. See you, Take man. Take it easy. You too.
All right, everyone. I am back. And that last track you heard coming out of the conversation was Ghost of the Grave. I didn't want to give too much away in the intro, but man, I had a lot of fun. That was great getting to talk about all that random stuff with Al and also find out what the band is currently doing and what we had to look forward to in the future. I am very excited for that. Make sure to follow the links in the description of this episode to support Ascent Like Wolves. Frigid Future is a great album. You should really pick it up. Go listen to it. Go see them live on their upcoming tour. Thank you to Al for coming on the show. And also, once again, thank you to Rick for getting them in touch with me. I was very happy to be able to have that conversation because it really was a lot of fun. I think those stories were great. Also, don't forget that you can support Ian Hates Music by also following the links that are in the description of this episode. Don't forget you can catch the weekly episode of Ian Hates Music with myself and my co-host Jackson, where we talk about all the scene news, album reviews, and really everything in between. So once again, thank you, Al. Everyone should be listening to Frigid Future. It's truly a great album. And I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite songs, one we talked about in the conversation, actually, American Winter. So I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. Please, I've been led astray.